Crazy Cat Lady. Well, hello there, Crazy Cat Lady. Uh, <laughs> we're recording that, by the way. Uh, Megan told me it was okay to call her Crazy Cat Lady. So I uh, just want to name that from the get-go. What an intro, right? Uh, welcome back to the Base Podcast. I am. I feel like the cat typed on my computer is the new <laughs> dog ate my homework. <laughs> I'm just going to put that part up there. That happens all the time. Uh, so, you know, we're just... In this house, it really does. Yeah, we've just learned to adjust to it. And hopefully the listeners just become accustomed. There's going to be at least one like cat outburst or like noise in each episode. There are like two of, right, right next to me. So yeah. give them time. Give them time. It's like part of our brand. It's fine. Hope you like cats. Um, <laughs> welcome back to the Base Podcast. I'm your host, Fred Curtis, political, what am I, political strategist, poet. Yeah, I call myself a poet. I got a poetry book out. I'm a poet. Anyway. Renaissance man, man of the Ren- world. Renaissance man, man of the world. Yep. See, I, I, um, I'm I a citizen. crazy cat lady and you get Renaissance man. I'm with that. I think that's unfair. I definitely won that one. Um, I'm a citizen of the world, but my things are in Virginia. Um, with our co-host, Becca Nyberg, who is a cat lady and immigration attorney and political strategist and just all our jiu-jitsu queen. Jiu-jitsu, yeah. Did I say that right? I don't know about queen. Like, yeah, yeah but no, yeah, I'm the muscle. I'll gas you up. That's my job. You can, you can you can bring the muscle yeah, up yeah. there. I'm with that. Um, welcome back. Thanks for joining us. Uh, and we're probably just going to dive in today. Uh, we are lots of stuff to talk about pol- politics wise. Um, Rudy Giuliani actually thinks that um, just said this in a news conference that if you take out the votes in Wayne County, um, the election is different and Donald Trump wins, wins Michigan. Uh, not to mention Wayne County is. Uh, so, so you mean if you don't count all of the votes? <laughs> then the vote count will be different. Hey, you know. Color me shocked. You know, rocket science from these uh, right-wing concerns. And to think like, what, 19 years ago, this guy was everyone's sweetheart and darling. Man. Yeah, how far he has fallen. Yeah, that sucks. Um, Anyway, we're going to talk about uh, defund the police today. And uh, should be a good conversation. Something tells me this won't be the only time we talk about this. I have lots of feels and maybe a lot of people have lots of feels. So anyway, a uh, little, little context here. So Congresswoman Abigail Spanberger from here in Michigan, Michigan, from Virginia. here in Virginia, <laughs> um, won her reelection campaign, probably by not as much as she thought. Uh, and then, you know, I don't think it's any secret. And I'm sure we'll dive into this, honestly, a little bit in the weeks and months later uh, ahead, rather. But House Democrats just didn't have a good showing. Um, and on November 3rd. Now, I'm not in the camp, you know, uh, hearing this narrative of like, oh, it was a failure and a bloodbath. There, there's no failure of bloodbaths when you keep the House majority. All right. So, well, I mean, and she and she flipped a seat when she got in and she she held the seat. So that's a victory. That's a big thing. And that district is like, yeah, it encompasses parts of Richmond, but like, that's part of rural Virginia. <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's not a super blue haven right there. Yeah, for sure. it, it didn't hurt you that bad. Um, I, don't I don't know if you've driven through Richmond re- recently, but um, there's there's a fair number of Confederate flags that fly very close to the city limits. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so I got family. I mean, you know this, but I got a lot of family in Georgia. Um, so like I spent a lot of time on 95, 85, and I actually passed every single time that nice big old Confederate flag somewhere along the along the way in, uh, in Virginia. So they're finally going to take that down. Um, that's exciting. Going to rue the day when that happens. Um, but anyway, Spanberger had a lot of thoughts uh, about 
defund the police and other messaging and terminology of Democrats this cycle. Um, I'll read off just, you know, a couple of quotes. Uh, she said, we need to look at the things that they, the Republican Party, say about us. Uh, she said this in a call with House Democrats and some audio that got uh, leaked. I think it was the Washington Post at first. Uh, quote, because whether we think it's just an attack ad and that's what it does, it doesn't matter because it works. I think she's talking about um, not only defund the police, but just the word, you know, socialism to turn socialism. Uh, actually, one more quote from her it says, quote, we thought we neutralized the defund the police attacks with some of our own spots, but that did shift the conversation. Uh, and what it did is brought more national discourse into our race here, as in the fifth uh, district in Virginia, as opposed to focusing on local issues, unquote. Uh, a lot of thoughts there. I'm going to turn it over to you. I think the one thing I've always found kind of interesting, though, is this idea that people try to run federal for federal office based on local issues. And I know that's never going to change, but, you know, unless you're talking about, you know, pork money, um, that just never really made sense to me. Totally different conversation. Um, but well, and we see local politicians, you know, in Maryland, here in Maryland that are running on federal issues when it has absolutely nothing to do with the office that they're in. None. And you can't do anything about it. And everybody who's civically knowledgeable knows that. But anyway. Um, no, but it shows also where their values are, where their head's at. So, I mean, it's not completely yeah. useless information. But yes, I would like to see, you know, for example, school board needs to be talking about education. They don't need to be talking about health care. They don't need to be talking second about <laughs> the Second Amendment. They don't need to, be, you know, there's a lot of things where, you know, and, and to be fair, things like the Second Amendment healthcare play into schools and they oh, yeah. have an effect on local school systems. You know, if you have a chronically ill parent, you're going to have more trouble in school than somebody who doesn't. Right. But let's limit it to the effect on education. Fair. Um, does Spanberger have a point? about socialism, about defund the police, about democratic messaging and terminology in general? I think she does. Like, I don't think she explained it very well or that's, that's expressed it very well, um, but I absolutely do this. Um, we see this with, I would say, defund the police and abolish ICE are the, yes. two, the two things, you know, I'm going to bring in the immigration part, um, but the two things that we really find to be, I guess, bad messaging. And I think she was right on this because it's very easy for somebody to have a knee-jerk reaction. What do you mean to fund the police? How in yep. the world could you possibly say we can't ever have police? How can you say we have no immigration enforcement? This is ridiculous. And they take it to a level which isn't even what the movement is about. Uh -huh. You know, defund the police doesn't say we hate the police. It doesn't say we don't need police. It doesn't say any of that. It's basically what it says is the police are doing too much. Mm -hmm. And this is not what they should be doing. So let's put those resources to things like um, drug addiction counseling, to things like mental health issues, you know, and support for mentally, you know, mentally ill people you know, support for medical issues, which is sometimes, you know, if you're overdosing, you know, that's a drug issue, but it's also a medical issue. Mm -hmm. So it's not, we don't need police. We should run amok in chaos. It's let's recognize the police have one function and we've asked them to do too much. So let's scale that back of what we're asking them to do. And let's train people to deal with some of these, some of these other things that contribute to public safety concerns. There. Yeah, I 100% uh, I agree. And and it's actually a, an interesting point for me, because when I the knee jerk reaction, like when I first heard it was, you know, what are you talking about? 
um, you know, we can get rid of you too. Like I think I might have honestly said that on one of these episodes a couple of weeks ago. Um, but getting, you know, stepping back from the emotion. Um, now I will, as you said, unequivocally say, number one, the way in which she said it, I actually listened to the direct audio. That was just ridiculous. Um, and I would love for one of her colleagues to sort of call her out on that and let her know that, number one. And then number two, just kind of to be honest, maybe a white woman that I think she's a lawyer and a doctor. Um, if I'm, if, if I, I think that, I'll check that. I think she's both a lawyer and a doctor who is from suburban slash rural Virginia is not the one to deliver that message. Um, and, and those two critiques are very much so valid. The way in which it was said and just her status. I know she's at least one of them, but I think she might very well be both a lawyer and a doctor. Anyway, um, so I will, you know, I align with, you know, AOC and, and any other folks who, um, who, who have that critique, right? The way in which it was said. However, again, stepping back from the emotion, stepping back from the way in which it was said, you know, I say this as a, as a, as a black guy who uh, is actually for police abolition, let alone defund the police. Yeah, the term is just, it's not conducive. And, and I say that for a variety of reasons. And actually, I was talking to my sister about this a couple of months ago. It was in the summer, a few months ago, actually, late August, when the term kind of came into the mainstream. Um, and granted, my sister is, she's got a, a master's degree in public policy. Like, she works in a very senior position in the federal government. And she was genuinely asking, what does defund the police mean? Um, I think what Democrats have to do is stop using activist terminology to go mainstream and run campaigns. Um, Activism truths and messaging and terminology do not equal and lead to success within electoral politics all the time. Uh, and there's just too much ambiguity, honestly, in what defund the police means. Now, granted, again, within activist communities, when you've got time to get into nuance and understanding, it probably works, right? You're doing workshops, you're, you're doing, you know, sort of public outreach, you're having one-to-one -one conversations, you're engaging with people in a way that allows you to say defund the police and then offer some sort of explanation to what it means. But in what our politics has become, where everything is a tweet or a soundbite or a headline or a screenshot, we just don't have the luxury of saying something like defund the police and then not having the opportunity with up to 50% of the population to explain really what that means. Uh, and so, and, and, and that, I didn't understand that until I spoke to my sister. I didn't understand that until I talked to one of my friends who's also has a master's degree, right? very civically engaged, votes in every single election, not just federal ones. She didn't understand what defund the police meant either. People legitimately, people who are civically involved, people who donate money to political campaigns, do not have a proper understanding and context of what defund the police means. And originally, if we had talked about this three months ago, I would have said, hey, the responsibility is on you if you don't understand it, to go Google, to go learn, to go do research. But when you are one of two major political parties <laughs> in the world, um, the onus is on you to spend the tens of millions of dollars needed to do focus groups, to do polling, to figure out what the terminology is. Because I have not run into anybody yet who, you know, who voted for Joe Biden, who doesn't agree with actually defunding the police when you explain it to them. But before they've got a nuanced understanding of what it means, like it sounds like, hey, we don't want any police. We want to get rid of police. And you and have to make, and you have to also find an audience that's willing to listen. Mm -hmm. Because if you're deep in that knee jerk reaction, that emotional response, you know, everybody in my family are police officers, I back the blue 100%. Yeah, we've got problems anyway, if you're saying that. But you know, 
Facts. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe like 75%. I don't know what the percentage is, but you know, you can't a hundred percent support everything that happens because any profession is going to have things that go wrong. In it, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, you also have to have a receptive audience. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that the Republican Party and the right does very, very well is messaging. Oh, yeah. They are wonderful. I've been for four decades. And they'll do it positively, right, for their own. So make America great again. What does that mean? It means nothing, (laughs) but it means something to every person who hears it. (laughs) Pro-life. Well, whatever it is. You know, but everybody can put their own spin on it and they can make it very personalized because it doesn't actually say anything. Mm Mm-hmm. A message like defund the police has that automatic knee-jerk reaction from a lot of people, even people who might be on your side, mm-hmm. that isn't the knee-jerk reaction you're going to want. Yep. You know, make America great again. Okay, leave it to Beaver and wonderful times and tales of the white picket fences and, you know, whatever it is that you want to make of it. You know, and of course, that's also a very white-centric view, which I don't oh, think sure. Trump, Trump cares about that part of it. Just a little but- Jack Crow. Yeah, you know, Sprinkle whatever. a little bit on top. You know, I get my white picket fence. You know, I, I'm I'm all in it for myself, right? But you know, I can put that own spin on, and it's going to be a positive spin. And we don't have that in in our in our liberal left wing sayings: abolish ICE, defund the police. These are all, you know, these are all negative things. They're not positive things, and they get those knee jerk negative reactions. So the better messaging is to find out how to communicate that where it's going positively instead of negatively. You don't want to have to come back and explain your message. That's not helpful. And, you know, to that extent, I think she's exactly right. We didn't message well. We don't message well. I think hardly ever. Ever. You know, and so we need to look at those things and, you know, going into the other part of her comment about socialism, never say that again. Socialism isn't bad. A lot of the things that people support is socialism, Mm -hmm. but now we have a bad rep and we've now associated that word negatively. And by we, I mean, the Republican party has planted that in our heads that we are going to view that term as negative. So I don't disagree with her. We need to find a different word. We need to find a different message. That doesn't mean we abandon those, those ideals or those ideas in doing so, but we have to look at our messaging if we want to be able to retake the Senate, continue, you know, re- retain the House, maybe increase our lead in the House, retain the White House after this term. All of those things, we have to look at messaging. Absolutely agree. We agree on this. I rail on a Democrat's inability and just sheer failure to put together coherent and positive and capturing messages for four or five decades, just period. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, and at some point, that becomes an indictment of people who continuously run the party and the multi-million American consultants who we pay to pretty much do nothing. If you can't come up with quality messaging and strategy as a consultant, you should no longer exist. So I'm calling out every single major multi-million dollar consultant who's worked with Democrats over the past 50 years, because at some point, you've all failed. To that end, you know, I agree. I'm very much so, uh, I don't consider myself a progressive only because I don't think women having control over their bodies is that progressive. I don't think making sure everybody has health care is that progressive. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Like, I don't, I don't think, yeah, like there's nothing revolutionary about that. Um, I think what Democrats need to recognize is that negativity is hard to sustain. And 
if if everything is always anti this or anti that, that works for one election cycle, maybe one maybe and a half or two. Elect- maybe one yeah. election cycle. <laughs> um, but I put you, there should be no takeaways from getting rid of Trump and electing Joe Biden that there's anything positive that can correlate or take itself from this election moving forward. I'm really, really excited. And we should all be encouraged by the fact that we organized very well to get rid of him. That should not be diminished. Um, But everything the past four years has been anti-Trump and it worked in 18 and it worked in 20. But, and the thing is we should learn like when we have positive messaging, it works. So for example, healthcare, everyone ran on healthcare in 2018. And a decade ago, or you know, 12, 15 years ago, the idea of having any sort of sense of government healthcare was woefully unpopular and would have never gained any sustainability. Now, what is it, 70% or so of Americans agree in Medicare for all? 70%. You call it that. Right. Exactly. See, this is the point, right? <laughs> like if you ask, if you ask people, should everybody have health care? 70% of Americans say, yeah. Even your guy who wear who walks around with a Blue Lives Matter and Confederate flag on his truck, right? He thinks everybody should have health care. If you walk around and you ask 70% of Americans, and we'll link this article in, in the post, uh, 70% of Americans actually agree with defund the police. When you explain to them what defund the police means, at some point in the year of our Lord 2020, going into 2021, this party has to commit itself to figuring out how we get messaging and strategy along the way, because you have no hope in the digital age of politics if you cannot message succinctly and clearly, period. You don't. And there's no long-term viability for our party if we don't learn how to do that anytime soon. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's and that's exactly it is, you know, if you ask people, do you agree with greater mental health access? Do you agree with, um, you know, providing drug treatment facilities? Do you agree with community mediation or, you know, peer-to-peer conflict resolution? Most people will say yes. If you say, do you agree with defunding the police? They're going to be like, no, 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 why would I do that? They're like, wait, but that's the same. It's the same (laughs) thing with ACA versus Obamacare. When they went out and they surveyed, are you in favor of Obamacare? Absolutely not. How about this ACA? Oh my God, it's great. (laughs) It's messaging, which is ridiculous, but, you know, we have to play within the parameters of what we said, you know, and somebody, one of the activists in the community asked me the other day, you know, are you a Medicare for all person? Um, And I was like, I'm not sure. Mm. And the reason I said that is I'm not sure that's the right vessel. Yeah. You know, so do I think everybody should have, you know, some sort of healthcare like Canada, like Europe? Absolutely. You know, and all of these scare stories. Oh my gosh, I waited three months to get my brain tumor operated on. Yeah, that's not. That's just not true. That's, I mean, that might have been some really isolated incident with really specific facts. Right, with other things like, oh, your blood, or you've got another disorder that we needed to run more, you know, just like. Yeah, I mean, there's (laughs) there's a background to all of that, you know. And, you know, am I in favor of something like that, where, you know, you can walk in and get the health care you need, the dental care you need, the eye care you need, Mm -hmm. without having to decide, you know, whether you can afford it? 
you know, I, how can you be against that? I, I mean, it just, it just baffles my mind. You know, there was a, you know, if you ever watch, if you ever watch the kids on the TikTok, um, you know, or, you know, any of those little things where they come out and it's like the Americans who go abroad. And one of the big things they're like, you know, oh man, you know, there was a woman, um, I think she was in Iceland and she, you know, found a lump in her breast and she's like, oh my gosh, yeah. do, I need, do I need a referral? To, and they're like, just go to the clinic and go check it out. Just go now, walk in. Like, just walk in and they'll take care of you. <laughs> and she's like, oh yeah, it was all done in three days. And I, and I owe nothing. Wow. You know, I mean, that's unheard of here. So how in the world can we say that our system is so much better? P.S. That's socialism. What a shame, right? <clears throat> you did. You did. I'm going to have to, uh, you, you know, have push to bleep it out. <laughs> I'm going to have to bleep it out and uh, distance myself from you in, in 15 years. Um, I mean, like the, the, the hard reality is like, I think, again, like there's one of the few things we're actually in total agreement on. Um I don't think we should use the term socialism, you know, See, but we, we were not in the, in full agreement with this topic when we first started talking about it. Cause you wanted to rail on representative Spanberger. I know oh yeah, you, for sure. Yeah. 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 I, I did. did. Weeks, weeks ago. I was, I was done with her. Um, but, but she's got a point again. She shouldn't have been the one to say it, but <laughs> you she's don't got mean a, the woman that's on the agricultural committee because she's in the middle of farmland. Um, you know, with her and her white husband and three kids behind their picket fence yeah. with her NBA. Yeah. No. no, not the right messenger. Probably not. No. Um, and the thing is, like, let's just find a term that meets to the median American because you can't make change until you've got a way to communicate those changes to the median American. And I know that's not what we always want to hear. And like, stop living in the world as it should be and live in the world as it is so that we can make the should be reality. And so I don't know what the sort of change of term from socialism is. And honestly, I don't get paid to figure that out. If I did, I'd work hard to figure it out. But like, we already have socialized medicine. It's called Medicare. We already have socialism. It's called social security. And so the idea that these people who are older, who have gamed the system, right, um, who have, you know, contributed in a very, quote unquote, socialistic way over their lives and are entitled, they fully expect these benefits to come. Even when Republicans talk about privatizing Social Security, seniors go irate. I wonder why. Right. And so it's sort of a natural thing that once you once you introduce these concepts to people, they understand that it's better from both an individual and collective standpoint. I think healthcare is slated to be almost a quarter of GDP in this country over the next decade. That is not sustainable for any country that considers itself a superpower. You cannot have your public spending that much on healthcare, period. Uh, well, then what are we getting for it? Are we really getting number one healthcare in the world? I don't think we are. True. I mean, that's the other thing is, you know, we have a lot of inherent issues with the way that the insurance companies, we pay a lot of money to insurance companies. Yes, for nothing. So, you know, so we could either, let's say, take that entire pot of money and now it goes to healthcare. We could train more doctors. We could have better equipment in all facilities, not just, you know, very well-funded facilities in major cities and things like that. You know, forget the rural areas, forget the poor areas, the minority areas, you know, heaven forbid we should have, you know, more MRI machines so that you don't have to wait three weeks for an appointment That's because crazy. there's only one in your county or your state or whatever it is, you know, so you've got that part of it, but, you know, or you can reduce the money. Now we can all use it to go do something else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? 
take care of the homelessness pop, you know, population, take care of problem, take care of, you know, drug abuse, you know, put in things like drug courts, put in things like peer mediation so that not everything has to go through the court system, through the police, everything like that, especially for people who don't, you know, have a healthy fear of the police and don't want to deal with them and want a different way of dealing with their problems. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a world of opportunity there. You know, you're making a, you're making too much sense. And when things make too much sense in America, they're hard to, uh, they're hard to come about. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I want to not agree with her. Um, but all the anecdotal evidence. And then I think just like truth and working in politics just makes it clear. She's got a point. And I think, I think we've got to stop being so stubborn and terminology like the other party is literally telling folks that a guy who got his butt whooped to be totally honest had the election stolen from him they've got people out here thinking that everyone else is not just like some non-religious person but like quite literally the antichrist because we voted for joe biden and don't believe that Donald Trump is the second coming of Jesus. Like these are, this is legitimately what they like. While they're, while we're telling our kids when they go low, you go high. They're teaching their kids that we're all going to hell and that we're the antichrist. I mean, we got to stop playing the game on different playing fields because it's not going to work and it's not sustainable. And it's cute to go home and take your tie off or your bra or whatever you take off and feel like you're a superior human being, but it doesn't win elections and it doesn't change policy. So. I do think there is some truth to this idea of like elites, not so much from, not so much in the way in which like Republicans often use the terminology, but it does seem like for a lot of different reasons, we find some pride in just knowing and feeling like, maybe not knowing, see that's elite and feeling like we're better human beings and we just get it. And by and large, like, look, we do, right? Um, and I think my politics speaks for itself. Like a lot of these things are truths, like to be totally honest. Um, but that, that can't be something we try to rest laurels on and like, oh, well, we get it. We know the truth. We're better human beings. We know black lives matter and that we spend too much money on police. Cool story, dude. And you can watch it on MSNBC and talk about it on your Facebook page. But when, if you want to actually change policies and win elections, like you, you got to step off your high horse. Well, so that was one of the kind of the ideas rattling around in my head is, okay, so we don't like the term defund the police because it requires way too much explanation. Way too much. What about Black Lives Matter? I mean, that is a positive message, you yes. know, negativity to it that has been completely twisted. Yep. So, you know, now I'm going to question my own theory that I put <laughs> first, you know, that we need to have good messaging. But what good is good messaging if it's just going to get twisted anyway? How, I guess we have to have good messaging and get out in front of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think black and I, this is actually a, a good point that I had somebody ask me. I'm totally fine with black lives matter because there's a very clear positive push there. And like, you can't get over people co-opting your, your message and pretty much mocking it, which I think is not, a thing. is exactly what blue lives matter is. Right. It's just like well, mocking. Yeah, it's just mocking the idea that, you know, black lives aren't as valued in this country. Um, it No reasonable person needs a nuanced understanding of what black lives matter means, right? You see black people die unjustly on social media or on TV too often. 
and we want to say that their lives are just as equal as other people. Like, bam. Like, now people can come on and argue and, you know, talk about, oh, well, all lives Listen, matter. You don't even have to take it that far, right? Black lives matter, period. period. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be, we need to assess the current political situation of this country and how people are treated. Mm. How is it a problem to say, like, if I could say women's lives matter, is that going to be terrible? Am I no. saying men's lives don't? I mean, it's not on its face exclu- exclusionary. Mm-hmm. That's the way it's been skewed. Yeah. You know, we could say, I don't know, Asian lives matter or trans cool lives that. matter. So, you know, any millions of different, you know, cool different with groups. Yeah. And it's all true. Yeah. And just because I say one doesn't mean I think that any other iteration are untrue. You know, I agree that the Blue Lives Matter in particular is mocking, is a complete skewing of things because, you know, to some, well, to some extent, this this gets a little trickier for me, especially looking at an asylum context because people will paint you as your profession. So can you really take off the police uniform when you get home? But you've also made the choice to do that. You've, you know, your profession doesn't have to define you, especially here, mm-hmm. you know, you can change it. You know, I would argue in, in other countries that may not be the case, but here you can, you know, so to say that, you know, again, to borrow from asylum terminology an immutable co- characteristic, like the color mm-hmm. of your skin is the same as a profession. Should I start going around and saying attorneys lives matter? I mean, right. <laughs> How, how ridiculous does that sound? I mean, that's the thing. It's just like, yeah, maybe you can't, you know, displace or remove yourself from being a police officer when you get home. But if you're out in public with your, you know, wife, husband, partner, daughter, whatever it is, like, I can't look at you and know that you're a cop. Whereas like, you can't buy a haircut. <laughs> and no facial hair. Uh, <laughs> you get what I'm trying to say. <laughs> So, I mean, like, and I say that a, a little bit tongue in cheek. I mean, I can yeah, yeah. somebody who's in the military, who's in law enforcement. I well, yeah, it's an easy spot. Yeah. My dad was a Marine, right? So it's like, yeah. There are certain mannerisms, characteristics, but, you know, it also comes from being around people yeah. who are in law enforcement or in the military to be able to recognize that those are the characteristics. Yeah. And that being said, not every law enforcement person and not every military person has those same characteristics. Thanks. So you may or may not, you know, and sometimes you just have a crew cut, even though you don't belong to the military. I mean, it's, it's not an absolute. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, you still have a choice in this, you know, to some extent, as opposed to, I'm not going to be able to change the color of my skin, mm-hmm. but, you know, anything like that. That's, that's not something I can change. I can't change my, you know, the background that I have, you know, my ethnicity, you know, anything like that. And then you have religion, which you can change, but you shouldn't be forced to change, right? All of these things where, you know, they're very integral to your very identity. And, you know, profession can be integral to your identity, but it's a much different analysis at that point. Yeah. No, I think we'll leave it there. Black lives matter. Defund the police, but change the term. (laughs) (laughs) Medicare for all, but change the term. To fund the police in different terminology. <laughs> in different terminology. In the concepts, but not the words. <laughs> Abolish ice in different terminology. Uh, <laughs> right. How about respect other people? 
respect other people's rights, provide various ways of actually getting to the needs of people instead of trying to find one big box that fits all because we're never going to get there. That's good. I'll close it there. Thanks, Brago. Join the base. <laughs>